Hello and welcome to another episode of the Backcheck, the Hockey History Podcast, where we evaluate uh, NHL players' Hall of Fame cases. My name is Riley and I'm with Bill. Hey, how are you doing? Good, how about you? I'm doing all right, thanks. And today is a special episode, uh, just like we did a few episodes ago where we did the top 10, our top 10 defensemen. This time we are doing our top 10 left wingers, uh, notoriously the worst or weakest, I guess, position in hockey generally, uh, historically for the last, you know, basically ever since there were just five, uh, five skaters. Um, so this position is interesting. Um, and there's a little, uh, I don't know. It's going to be as like with defensemen, we don't know each other's lists going in. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. So like we did with defensemen, we are actually going to start with number one rather than counting down. Um, and I think uh, the the sort of thinking was last time we both knew who our number one was. And I think here, I mean, there's basically a 50 50 chance that we have the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a coin flip. So, uh, Bill, who is your number one left winger of all time? My number one left winger of all time is Bobby Hull, the Golden Jet. Yes, we agree. Okay, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, and and like with the defenseman, I think we probably approach this in similar ways, right? You you sort of made a, a a more intuitive list, and I went through a stupid semi rigorous process uh <laughs> that actually i that i had to like completely subvert at, at the end because i was so upset with what it did um but uh so 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 why for you is bobby hall the uh um it's, it's actually it's, it's interesting um i i did have my another player as one okay uh, but then when we did our last episode about bobby hall um that that changed it in my mind um when, it, when I realized he had scored, uh, I believe it's 610. Um, yeah, it's 610. Yeah. yeah. He scored 610 NHL goals, went away to the WHA, uh, put up some ridiculous numbers there. So if you combine those two, he, he's got more goals than Gretzky. But to me, it's like if he stayed in the NHL, I, I think, I think Ovechkin's not chasing Gretzky. I think he might be chasing Hull. Um, it's definitely possible. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's within the realm of possibility. And while we yeah. were talking about him, that's what changed it for me. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Like um, until, you know, I guess until Ovechkin's career is done and then maybe I'll uh, change my mind. But uh, for now, it's all. Okay. I have a slightly different uh, take. And that is that um, I feel without having actually watched Bobby Hall play massive, massive, uh, you know, asterisks there. <laughs> um, I sort of feel like he he was more important to um, like, it, it, I guess he, he was more important to a, a consistently better team. And that isn't necessarily fair because the Capitals were good for a while, really good for a while in the regular season, just flamed out. But like, it just feels like Bobby Hall was like very, very clearly one of the like two or three best um you know, players in the NHL for a decade and Ovechkin, Ovechkin Crosby, but like, there's been a, there's been sort of a drop off with Ovechkin where he is. I mean, I don't watch him enough anymore, but it sort of feels like he is now just like a goal scorer, right? Like his sort of like, as he's aged, 
Um, there's also that weird time where they tried to make him play more defense and then he stopped scoring as much. And I don't know. I just, it feels like, especially like it was when we were doing that episode on Bobby Hall and the sheer like dominance, especially in the regular season, Bobby Hall exhibited over like a roughly 12 year period in the NHL just seemed like, it does feel like, you know, there's sort of a, I, I said during the Esposito episode that I'd once heard that, you know, Guy Lafleur was the best forward between Howe and Gretzky. Mm-hmm. And I was saying with Esposito, well, isn't it Esposito? And like, I do sort of feel like Hull has a really good claim to that too, because, you know, he sort of just, his timing was sort of off a little bit because Esposito being a little bit younger benefited from having his peak coincide with the expansion. Um, and by that point, Bobby Hall was hardly done, but he was getting a little bit older. You know, um, he was already in his late twenties when uh, when the league expanded, and um, you know he did have that one hundred point season there in in sixty nine. But he was thirty years old, yeah. and I I do wonder like had he had he come into the league a couple years later, would we also be talking about him scoring like seventy seventy NHL goals one season? Yeah. You know. Um, Anyway, I don't know. I I'm I think he he is I mean, I think it's very close between the two of them, but I think like he's like you said, Bill, the fact that he was able to go play in a, a slightly lesser league and dominate there to the point where he's one of the couple best players in that league too in his late 30s and into, um almost into his 40s um makes you think like what he might have done had he stayed in the NHL and he just he it feels, I don't know. I mean, he, he had Makita and you could say that like Makita was a much better, uh, next best player on the team or even a chicken or the egg. Who's the best player than Ovechkin ever had, you know, Backstrom's fine, but like Backstrom was never at the level of Makita. But like, I still, I don't know. I still sort of feel like Hull has some kind of like weight to his case that Ovechkin doesn't quite, um, and maybe that's just a factor of the league being smaller. And I don't know. I really don't know. It just feels to me like he had the slightly better, slightly more impressive career. Yeah, it's it, it, it's really close. Um, yeah. You know, it's like sort of, you, you sort of got this sense from both of them. They just have this basically unstoppable shot. Yeah. Um, but of course, back in the day, you know, Bobby Hull could skate down the wing and shoot from just inside the blue line. And the goalies had way smaller equipment, weren't wearing a mask. So, you know. Yeah. He had shot yeah. the previous one up pretty high. The goalie was probably, uh, you know, uh, probably staining his undies as he came down the wing, full head of yeah. steam. He had a crazy slap shot. Uh, he and Makita inv- had invented the curved stick, so the thing would come off there probably like a huge banana curve. Um, you know, they 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 never really. I don't know that they reliably measured his slap shot back then, but um, a lot of people think it was, you know, sort of a probably. 100, 110 miles an hour is sort of the um, what a, what a lot of people sort of think could be hyperbole, mm. right? I mean, he's he's the golden jet yeah, who knows? down the wing. He's got this big booming slap shot, you know, scored 50 goals. Like he's 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 a really productive player, but I think also a really exciting player. Um, and I I still know yes. a lot of people who are you know younger than my folks um so they would have been kids when bobby hull and stan Nikita were, and they're like they're still blackhawk fans or they if they're not fans they like their second favorite team would be the blackhawks just because of bobby hull um yeah 
you know, and, and obviously then he goes to, goes to Winnipeg in the WHA and, and, you know, basically, basically once they got him, their rival league gained some legitimacy. Right. Um, and, and, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd have to, it's been a while since I've watched, um, hockey people's history or any documentaries about the 72 summit series but a lot of players were saying like well yeah and don't forget we didn't have bobby hull we had bobby hull like it wouldn't the series wouldn't have been as close because he was at that time you got to say he was a top five player in the world and i i think at various points like as as um uh you know as richard and as how and as belly um sort of aged out it was bobby hull and bobby Orr. it was like the two bobby were sort of regarded as yeah the best skaters in the league the best you know like just sort of they could do things nobody else could do um and so i I think just sort of based on that reputation and the overall excellence of the numbers that he put up um is, is why i would put him as number one um you know i like like I said, I, I only changed it like last week. So like <laughs> it was my number one then. And I mean, I I sort of thought back to it because now when I think of Ovechkin, it's sort of he's got this he's got this office where he shoots. I saw I saw a um, a diagram last week where it, it sort of shows where all your shots are coming from. Yeah. It's like <laughs> basically it's only one side of the ice where he scored like his last hundred power play goals or something. Like that. That's crazy. <laughs> They're all from that side of the ice because he's got the big booming one timer um you know and he's playing on his off wing it's almost the way that i tend to remember brett hull where it's like yeah he's gonna get the puck down around the ears and he's just gonna wire it and there's nothing you can do but i i also you know uh not a big brett hull fan but uh, like i sometimes forget that before his knee started giving out on him at the end of the career and that's all he could do he could do a lot of other stuff he was a damn good hockey player you know he wasn't just he didn't just stand there and then i thought back to you know, when Ovechkin and, and Crosby sort of first burst into the league and Ovechkin would score these highlight reel goals where he'd skate through half the team, knock somebody over, and then like just score an incredible goal. Like so it's it's like he he adapted his game to I'm I'm bigger and stronger now, but I'm not quite as quick. Um, yeah. but you know, the guy hits like a tank. He's as far as I'm concerned, not a liability defensively. Um he's got remarkable long longevity in terms of like he never really seems to get seriously hurt any he does throw a lot of hits too. So like you'd think he would end up getting hurt, but he just sort of bowls over just about everybody. Um, yeah. You know, it's a, it, it, it's a close debate as far as I'm concerned. I mean, uh, uh, but yeah, I, mean, I decided to, I flip flopped and went with Hull first once I, uh, it's, it's interesting because the first, the first time we did it, I just thought about defensemen and yeah. wrote the list down on the back of a pack of batteries. This time I, I, the for right wings and centers, I did it the exact same way. I just went off the top of my head and I tried to do yeah. that with left wingers, but I couldn't remember who was a left wing and who wasn't. And like the stats for left wingers are so, so poor compared to the other ones. I couldn't just go based on like my gut. I had to actually, okay, who's in like the top 50 left winger scores of all time. Cause I'm drawing a blank for names. And there was a couple of guys. I was like, I didn't even yeah. know he played left wing. <laughs> Look in my head. He, he scored so much he must have been a right wing and like so there's a few adjustments i had to make but i i did actually have to yeah. look at and, and that's all i did was just a, a list of scoring leaders just so i could get some more names and sort of like make my list from there but um you know my top four i think i had uh i had pretty pretty much right off the top of my head and then uh after that i had to do a little bit of deep digging <laughs> Yeah, so before we move on to Ovechkin, I just I I was just like 
this is stupid, but for for I don't know listeners' purposes, I would also mention that like so I I went on a completely different tangent or a t- different approach than you did, um, and I actually ranked everybody all all forwards, um, and then try to pick them out and. Uh, like it's crazy because I ended up like if I did my in order to get to my top twenty left wingers, I had to go through thirty three centers, and uh, you know an equal amount of right wings. Um, and all most of the the like you were saying, Bill, uh, most of the left wingers were way further down on this list, and, and finding them was a bit tough. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to mention that when I did this. Bobby Hall came in 10th on that list, and he was the first, le- well, second left winger, as we'll see, but he was the first left winger I was willing to consider in the number one spot. Whereas that same list I made put Ovechkin 20th, which feels really different. And and just like one of the many things I didn't agree with with my own process after where I was looking at it was how low Ovechkin was um, in, in the rankings I did. But anyway, we both have him second. And the big question, I think, for him is not just will he eclipse Bobby Hall as the best left wing of all time, but also like, is he going to, and this, and people have been wondering this question for, you know, at this point, the last 250 goals, at least, right. Yeah. Is he the best goal scorer in history? And just pure goal scorer. Like, you know, there's obviously people have scored more goals in a season. Obviously people have scored way more points it's it's more just like it's the fact that he's done it for so long you know he's he's at 759 as we speak um and yes he's been in the league 17 years but he's still at 759 which puts him um third if i'm not mistaken or is it fourth it's fourth sorry he's still behind yager is he yeah so he's going to pass yager this season um next he he should pass how next year um and then it's the big it's all about health right as to whether or not he uh, passes gretzky um but uh he's yeah he's he's literally seven behind yager at the moment um and uh and he is only uh 42 behind hull or how i mean yeah he's uh He's, he's moving up uh, pretty darn quick there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, it's not just the totals, right? Like, you, we, everybody knows how you feel about Mike Gardner. Yeah. And um, the thing is, he he's done this at a time when, it, uh, at least for a stretch since 2012, scoring has gone down since it did at the beginning of his career. And he's he still managed to lead the league in goals, uh, what is it, uh, nine times. You know, and uh, and like he's also scored 50 goals a preposterous number of times. I don't remember exactly. Um, and and yeah, it's it's like and this is this is one of these adjustment for error things. It's hard. How do you compare him to Bobby Hull? How do you compare him to Mike Bossy? How do you compare him to Gretzky when Gretzky was scoring more goals than he did for the second half of his career? How do you compare him to? Uh, you know, Richard, how you compare him to Lemieux and uh, like even Brett Hall at his peak. Yeah. You know, it's sort of, it's hard to know. Um, but I mean, he's certainly very, very close to the greatest goal, pure goal scorer of all time, if he isn't the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like it's, 
it's phenomenal what he's been able to do and not not just like you know winning the winning the rocket richard trophy did you say nine times yeah nine yeah, times led the league in goals nine times but if he doesn't lead the league in goals he's damn close like it's he's basically a lock to score 40 every year yeah you know in in an era where and and, and i think one of the remarkable things too kind of like with brett hall towards the end you know you know exactly what's going to happen and you still can't stop it yeah like you know he's going to get the puck over on that side and occasionally you might be able to block it but like he's if you keep letting him tee off from there on the power play or just he gets open like it, it he's rocketing one at the net and they're usually going to go in so um yeah uh, he's he's a, he's a remarkable player one of the one of the best i've ever seen and uh, an, an interesting like most russian players tend to rely on a lot of finesse um and then maybe they have like sort of like a nasty attitude to back it up because they're star players and people are always hacking and whacking and they they yeah. have to stand up for themselves but ovechkin's like the first one i can remember who's like a total bruiser and like trying to like destroy people and score goals like that you know yeah 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 um and like i i really like you said earlier i think it's a coin flip i honestly like if 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 someone's outraged that you know if if younger people are outraged that we have bobby hall out of edvechkin i'm like i'm very open to changing my mind on the other hand i can also see that like people getting (laughs) mad about that Um, it's if you've never seen bobby hall play and a lot of people are of the belief, but like, oh yeah, well, all those guys skated, you know, look at how bad they're like, you know, they could never play today. Some people have that argument. Yeah. Um, to, to me, it's like sort of against the competition that you were, um, you know, nobody's going to deny that Ovechkin's been, you know, one of, let's say the top three players in the league the whole time he's been in the league. Right. Like there's, I don't think there's any yeah. arguing that, especially when you consider him as a winger, um, you know, yeah. and the same goes with Bobby Hull. So there's, to, to me, there's not. I think at the end of his career, if he breaks Gretzky's record, then maybe I would be uh, be willing to flip flop him back. But like I said, I only changed my answer last week, so like it's close. Basically, a coin flip. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't know. <laughs> I I feel like for me, it's more of a like, how did I, you know, roll out of bed? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. Uh. I don't know. Um, I just, I, I really, it, it, I think the fact that we did Bobby Hull's case last episode has a lot to do with the fact that I put him first, but also my, my silly, uh, my silly little method that I'm going to, you're going to hear all about how I screwed around with it. Um, put him, put him ahead of Ovechkin, but also I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, there's something about, I, I think that like what Ovechkin has done in the league in the league that he's done is very, very impressive, but it doesn't necessarily mean that what Bobby Hall did in that smaller league is less impressive in part, because like you said, Bill, even though goalies weren't wearing masks and stuff and pads weren't smaller, you also, you know, you mentioned when we were talking about Hall and Makita, the depth of each team was at least not necessarily in terms of ta- uh, skill wise, but, uh, or, or or systems, I guess I should say, but in terms of talent, like you know, you had guys playing on fourth lines who would easily play on a a, a second line yeah. um, if the league was bigger. I mean, we know that because the league got bigger and they, you know, they went yeah. and did it. Um, so anyway, yeah. All right. So now I think we're going to get into some interesting territory. I think we will. Who do you have as number three? 
I have Luke Robitaille as number three. Whoa, okay. I don't have Luke Robitaille in my top ten. What? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yep. I have him as my first honorable mention. My goodness. Oh, we're going we're gonna to have very, very different yeah. lists in I think. Yes, yes. Um, so, what is your case for Luke Robitaille being the third greatest left wing of all time? Um, put up a remarkable amount of points. Um, did it with, uh, for a lot of his career, very little help. <laughs> and that was yeah. sort of my, that's why he's there over my number four, because I, I feel like that guy played on some really good teams with some other really good players. And it was like, that's the thing. Cause like, like once Gretzky went to the Kings, everybody's like, Oh yeah, the LA Kings, the LA Kings. It's like that they were pretty shitty before that. <laughs> like he was, he was not uh, being fed by a great passer, you know, like yeah. he was kind of doing it all himself and scoring at a clip that even for a right winger would have been quite remarkable. So um, uh, yeah, it's like a, a sort of like a, maybe not like a, I guess maybe not a complete player in terms of like physicality, but in terms of like being able to sort of do everything on the ice well and always putting up points, he was uh, he was quite the player. Um, yeah, I I definitely I I see the case, and honestly, I um I I should look and see what I had him. So I did I I did my thing my calculation and then i realized that i had only i had only factored in regular season stuff mm-hmm. and i gave players essentially a playoff bonus if they had like i went through and figured out if anyone had ever done really well in the playoffs and i gave them a bonus um if they did well in the playoffs and and robotai didn't get the player bonus uh, the playoff bonus of course no of course he didn't he was on a god awful team <laughs> yeah and it's possible that that I don't remember where he was um, on the list before I did that, whether he was in the top 10 or not. But my, my rationale is mostly, and maybe this is unfair, but like that, like, yes, he was on a shitty team, but he was like, aside from some of those like latter day Kings teams who weren't very good either. How often was he the best player on his team? And like, you know, because you, I mean, I don't know who, who, if people think Bernie Nichols was better than Luke Robitaille at Bernie Nichols' peak, I doubt it. But yeah. like Dion was there at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a brief period where it, it was between Robitaille and Nichols, but then Gretzky was there for a bit. And then by the time Robitaille was again, maybe the best player on the Kings later, if he was even that, um, Robitaille was quite old, right? And yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's the same team as Palfi, but like, if it's old Robitaille and Palfi, then Palfi's, I think, clearly the better player there. Um, anyway, I don't know. I mean, that's uh, I'm using like that to justify this this weird position. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's it like it's it's strange that you're saying that. So like, he started playing with Dion, so he's not better than Dion. Nobody would argue yep. that. Yeah. Um, then I I would argue he was better than Nichols. Um, that's fair. Yeah, and, I think I probably do. It's like then it, he gets Gretzky. You're talking about like what? Two, two of maybe two of the top ten players of all time. <laughs> so yeah, if you're yeah. Second fiddle to them, like on a on a on a team that didn't acquire or didn't have like you know an, an all time great on it. He's the best player on his team pretty much his entire Kings career. If it's not for uh, for Gretzky and Dion, and I mean it's almost like yeah, guys guys like that. It's almost like you're just like does it does it even count when like. If you're the best player on your team, but the other guy is 
an all-time great, then, you know, maybe you're still really good. Look, maybe you would be the top player on most other teams in the league, you know? Um, That's so true. I, I, I guess for those two guys, he's sort of Mr. LA King too, right? Like, so. Yeah. I guess I was more thinking it makes it harder to evaluate his numbers, right? Because he's always, ha- almost always had this center um, that he's often played on the same line with who is like, like you said, uh, at least when he's putting up his best numbers, who was an all, one of, you know, best players in history i don't know i really i mean i i found this exercise quite difficult yeah um and i i did actually like as as you'll see i did like go like fuck with some of my um (laughs) you know some of my rankings but robotai i actually did move up to the number one honorable mention spot above a, a bunch of people who um, my my method had higher than him, including some names that was like outrageous who were higher. And I must have clearly the way I was calculating these things was not great. Um, it was flawed in some way that I don't fully understand yet. But um, yeah, I mean, so my my number three is Ted Lindsay. Oh my! Is he on your list? Um. <laughs> Trying to see if I, I I may have had him listed at, a, at another position. That where is he? I do I do have him here somewhere. Hang on, I'm not getting good light. Uh, yeah, he's a little bit further down, but I've got him. Okay. Um, and honestly, like you can make the same complaint I made about Robotai about Ted Lindsay, right? He was playing with Gordy Howe a chunk of his career. Mm-hmm. Um. I uh, I don't know. Um, he had some. Uh, he was the best left wing of his era. I think there's. Well, it was between him and the next guy on my list. Uh, <laughs> um, but um, I think he also, uh, you know, he had some. One one thing that happened is I did the the playoff, um, you know, bonus there, and that really helped Ted Lindsay. I think um, he had some good playoffs and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you could also put in some uh, some off ice reasons as well, um, right? Because he was a uh, an early labor pioneer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's who uh, that's who was picked next by my my supposedly objective uh, my supposedly objective method. And I think that like he does he does have a reputation, at least in some circles, as being you know, the best left wing of that stretch. Um, in part because the two guys who I have below him, they're sort of, uh, they sort of straddled him a little bit anyway. Um, yeah, that's, so that's, uh, and he, he did, he won a, he won an art Ross, which is something Robitaille never did. So there you go. Very true. Yes. Um, a <laughs> little bit different eras, but yeah, I was just looking up, uh, I was just looking up Robitaille stuff and it was exact. I hadn't looked up his stats. I was just sort of going off of memory of him just being like really, really consistently excellent. And yeah. uh, his goal totals, he comes in in uh, 86, 87, 45, 53, 46, 52, 45, 44, 63, obviously playing with Gretzky in 92, 93, uh, 44. Uh, then there's the strike year. So he drops down to 23. But if you, you know, double the games, it's uh, probably another 40 goal ski- season. Uh, then he goes to uh, then he goes to the Rangers, only 23. 
Um, yeah, that weird. That was a weird season. Yeah, the boys two years with the Rangers, he did not do very well. Then he went back to LA. It looked like his career was, you know, uh, he only played 57 games, only scored 16 goals, and then the next three years in LA, um, playing with on a terrible team. It's 39, 36, 37, and we're firmly in the dead puck era at that point. And yeah. he gets traded to the Red Wings and scores 30. And then yep. after that, he's he's old and it drops off. Um, but uh, pretty pretty remarkably able to put up uh, 40, 50 goals just about every year that he's that he's healthy. Um, you know, except for those bad years with the Rangers kind of thing. Uh, pretty yeah. pretty re- pretty remarkable to me, anyways. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the more I I think about this, the more I think what I was looking at was uh, is absolutely favoring uh, older players. Yeah. Partly because I was looking at how they compare to their competition, right? Which, uh, when you're in a smaller league, <laughs> it makes you look better. All right. Who do you have for uh, your fourth? Uh, my fourth is uh, Brendan Shanahan. Oh, 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 dear. Yeah, I'm a big Shanny fan. No, 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 that's a good choice. I, I'm like, I don't have him on my list. Oh, because he's way down there. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think my list is going to be more modern than yours. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Why is Shanahan the fourth best left wing of all time? Uh, I get, like sort of like Robitai, a really consistent goal scorer. But I put Robitai above him because I feel like uh, Shanahan played on more consistently excellent teams. Um. Uh, you know, I sort of feel like Robert yeah. did, did a little more of the lifting himself, whereas he, you know, Shanahan was on teams where, you know, even if he ended up playing on the second line instead of the first, he was still going to be playing with an awesome player kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, those those Blues teams are really stacked. And then he went to the Red Wings and, you know, except except for the Hartford years where and, and you know, that gives him bonus points for being able to put up a whole bunch of a uh, whole mess of points when you're sort of playing by yourself on the on the Hartford Whalers. Um, but once he got over to St. Louis and and uh, the Red Wings, like, and the guy could do everything, right? Hit, fight, score, like, score, like he just he was a complete player and a real pain in the ass to play against. Like when he wasn't on your team, man, you did not like him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he put up put up a ton of goals. Um, yes, he did. You know, and uh, p- part of his career was uh, was you know played in the dead puck, and he was still still putting up goals and uh, you know sort of like. Um, if you're thinking of like a sort of a prototypical left wing power forward, Shanahan's uh, Shanahan's maybe one of one of the one or two guys that you would imagine being that player. So, yeah, so get yep. him there for me. I All also right. saw like ninety percent of his career too, right? So yes, that that, you that absolutely helps did. a lot because because I'm doing yep. mine sort of like with an image in my head or with uh, like sort of a, a reputation of a player that you know, or or just remembering sort of like, oh yeah, he's really high in the goal list. I need to have him there and then i have to sort of debate it back and forth like i'm not using any sort of methodology i'm just going on pure gut yeah. um and so yeah. yeah so shanahan's my fourth all right um mine is toe blake oh my um again i think partly because of uh re- dominance relative to peers you know he was arguably one of the uh couple best left wings of his era i mean best left wing in the 40s right probably in in many people's views 
um, formed a, a line with uh, Elmer Lack and uh, the Rocket that was one of the most dominant um, lines in the league for some time. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 all a relative thing because obviously he has way fewer. Num- uh, both Le- Ted Lindsay and Toe Blake have way lower numbers than uh, your guys' total numbers. Yeah. Um, you know, Toe Blake has uh, 529 career points. Um, you know, it's but he was. He, game though, like. Yeah, it is. Uh, and he he won he won a heart, you know, and. Um, he, which is rare for a left wing. Uh, you don't win too many hearts uh, as left wingers uh, for whatever reason, unless you're unless you're named Ovechkin or Bobby Hull. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was just like really consistently in the top um, in the top ten in, in like you know he was in top ten assists seven times, uh, top ten points six times, led the league in points once. And uh, yeah, anyway, um, also. Uh, you know, has has some uh, Stanley Cups and a bunch of uh, first team All Stars, which is another reason why he's high up there on my list compared to some guys, because you know it was easier to do that in the 40s. All right, uh, number five, who do you have? Oh, uh, sorry. Before we advance, yeah. Before we advance, I'm sorry. I did want to mention that on my overall list, Ovechkin was 20, Ted Lindsay was 23, Toe Blake was 27. Sorry. Now you can go ahead. Really interesting. Yeah, my mind did not skew towards uh, towards old timer old timers at all. Um, yeah. With 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 a couple of exceptions of guys that I like legitimately never saw play and have to go just sort of off uh, things I've read yeah. about. Them. Well, I'm completely going off. Like, yeah, yeah. Just. I think you're going stuff. even old old tinier than I am though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my number five is uh, Frank Mahavlik. Oh, okay. We're finally so I have him very soon, but not quite number five. But yeah, okay. We're finally we have some consensus. Yeah. All right. The big M. Yeah, that's just consistency, consistency. You know, um, some absolutely great years. I'm just gonna pull up his stats here because I I noticed a trend with um with a lot of the left wingers that I was that I was uh, selecting and. I've just got to spell Mahavlich. <laughs> I, do know how, I do know how to spell it, but it's a little bit tricky to type on an iPhone. All right. Um, so, yeah, I just I, I looked at his career and I, a trend that I noticed with a lot of left wingers, um, like they're consistent and they have good stats. And then they, they all seem to have this like five to six year window um, yeah. where they, they put up a bunch of goals. And it's like the sort of they've reached their like dominant phase of their career where it's like they're really consistently putting up great goals. Um, with Frank Mahovich, it's like a little bit different um, in that his his like great years sort of seem a little bit more spread out. Uh, but he, he does have a stretch there where it's, uh, um, you know, he's putting up uh, 49, 38, uh, 31. Yeah, 31 because he split between uh, the Red Wings and the Montreal. Um, 43, 38, 31, 30, and then 38 in the WHA. So, I mean, that's sort of, and he's getting towards the tail end of his career there too. He also had a very, uh, when he played for the Leafs was a phenomenal player, scored 48, 33, 36, uh, and then sort of had a bit of a dip. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, it was like he's he's got a couple of stretches where he was really putting in the puck, and obviously, uh, you know, wasn't a slouch for assists either. Well, and so one one other thing uh, that I was going to point out when I got to him, but since he's my number six, so um, so I can say this now anyway because number we have him very close together, um, is that you could argue that he actually. You know, if 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 someone was going to win a Conn Smythe, not Ken Dryden, the year Ken Dryden won it, it was Frank Mavlich. Yeah, probably. So he, you know, Dryden, I think Dryden won that Conn Smythe. Not to say he didn't necessarily deserve it, but I think he won it in part because of the narrative of him sort of coming out of amateur and just being, you know, leading the, the Habs to a cup, especially yeah. like a year after that. I think they'd missed their, uh, you know, they they'd. Uh, a year after, um, you know, they missed the playoffs for the first time in like 20 something years or something like that or whatever it was. Um, but I do like Mavlich was the best forward on that half scene. And uh, yeah, so I, I think that's uh, um, something to think about too for, for people, especially people like us who didn't see him play, you know, he, he, he was he was really really good. Yeah. Um. So I have uh, Dickie Moore. Oh. I think we we talked about him at some point. Um, when he was inducted, like late, right? Like he was inducted yeah. way later, and like one of the things that really impressed me about that conversation was just how good he was and how he seems to be forgotten. You know. He he won the Art Ross two years in a row, and it's like the writers were like, "Yeah, someone else is better," <laughs> you know. Yeah. He came in fifth and eighth in heart voting when he won the Art Ross, and it's like people. So it was like he's not carrying that line. It's Bellavo or whatever. And not to say yeah. that Bellavo wasn't, but like yeah. the guy le- led the league in goals and points one year and assists and points the next year, and he received he he never finished higher than fifth in heart voting. <laughs> And um, which is it just seemed weird in retrospect. Um, and he has, you know, he has two first team all stars in one second. And, um, you know, like Mahovlich was great, but Mahovlich never. And, and again, maybe this is something to do with Moore's teammates, but Mahovlich never led the league in scoring, you know. Um, and uh, anyway, so I yeah, I have Dickie Moore and I understand that his peak was quite short compared to most of these players. You know, you could argue that Dickie Moore pl- had what from 56 to 63 seven years basically Dickie Moore was at his best and that's it um but he was pretty damn good in those years and uh yeah I uh and also uh his construction stuff is all over Montreal right (laughs) yes it is yeah Yeah. when you when you get the uh a a trailer for any sort of uh, construction job or one of those trailers where you can go and put on your skates at the outdoor rink they're all they're all Dickie Moore trailers everywhere (laughs) Smart, uh, smart businessman. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you played for the Habs and you start a business, people will support you. <laughs> <laughs> so since we've already talked about my sixth place person, who do you have in sixth? I have Johnny Busick. Oh, yeah. I have Busick way, way down in my honorable mentions. Oh, boy. Um, so go ahead. Tell us why. Okay. Well, um, you know, remarkably consistent. Um, sort of the... Uh, I, I had fl- I had actually flipped uh, flipped forward here to check check uh, Dickie Moore, so I got to go back. Uh, yeah. 
again, like a lot of the left wings, uh, he had a, he had a period of uh, of you know excellent play, um, and you know obviously sort of as the Bruins became a powerhouse, um, but he you know he was a steady you know 50, 60 point guy, and then had uh, a few explosive years where he was in the eighties, the nineties, and even one season with one hundred and sixteen points. Um, so from uh, from sixty nine seventy when the Bruins start to become a powerhouse and he's he's a big part of it. Um, he goes 31, 51, 32, 40, 31, 29, 36 to sort of finish out his career. And then there's a 20 and 49 and he's getting pretty old at that point. Yeah. Um, so he's, to, to me, it's the peak of his career that gets him like the rest of the time. He's a, he's, you know, a typically a 20 goal scorer, uh, yeah. you know, mid twenties, 27, 26, 24, um, and he's got a couple of down years where he's in the teens, but that's sort of more towards the beginning of his career. But it's like once yeah. he comes into his own, he's, uh, you know, a 40, 50 goal guy for about a six year stretch there. Um, and if you, uh, you know, five, 556 career goals, 813 career assists, um, yeah. you know, a couple of cups, like he's, you know, just one of those guys and could sort of uh, like a very complete player. Um Yeah, and not not um, even though they they were the big bad Bruins, like very low penalty minutes. So he was very clearly, uh, you know, a, a more more of a skilled player on a team like that. And I think just sort of hugely important to their success. He's also got he's also got a couple yeah, of but, really good playoff years, by the way. <laughs> yes, uh, he does. Uh, that, got, that's yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, he's got uh, 19 points in 14 games, 20 points in 15 games. 18 points in 16 games. So he's, yeah, he's a, he's a good playoff performer as well. Um, which I, I tried not to consider too much in mind, but, um, that was sort of, uh, maybe, maybe that's why his reputation was so strong in my head. Um, yeah, I didn't really know what to do because with him in part, because like, it's really hard to separate him out from the fact that he was playing with, you know, my candidate for the best hockey player ever and a guy who's probably, you know, the I'm going to have in my top five, certainly my top five centers, you know, um, ever. Uh, I, I, I don't like, I'm, I'm just trying to justify the, the, the ranking. Uh, but like, yeah, I, I mean, he didn't, the, the things that I, used to sort of evaluate did not like him in compare like they liked him fine you know he was one of the top 100 players but ever the forwards i should say but like it he wasn't anywhere near the uh the top um and i i think that's partly due to the fact that he was just on it he was always like the third best player by numbers on his team right Um, though obviously the third best uh, ahead of like Hodge and the endless other wingers that were around those guys. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not outraged by that by any means. Uh, and just to, just to give some idea of my, my, you know, not very, not scientific system where I just, I found a bunch of things, weighted them. I had Moore at 29, Mahovlich at 42. That's how much of a drop there was on my list. There was, and that was all like centers and right wings between those two guys. And then it had Busick at 72. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. So who do you have number seven? 
Uh, number seven, I have Ted Lindsay. Oh, great. All right. He made it. Yes. Uh, just, I, I, I just, and, and honestly, like I looked at his stats, like just now, I, I was completely just going on reputation. I'm looking at his stats. I'm like, if I had looked at his stats, I don't know if I would have put him up that high. So I'm kind of glad I just went with my gut. But, um, you know, I mean, it, it's him and Gordy Howe, right? It's like Makita yeah. and Holly. You can't yeah. fully separate them. They, they, they made each other better, even though they're all fantastic players in their own right. They made each other better. They're one of those like dynamic duos. And so, you know, to yeah. not have a guy like Ted Lindsay on there, like some people would say Gordy Howe is the greatest you know, greatest winger. And so therefore, uh, you know, like he played with one of the greats, of course, his numbers are good. I'm like, his numbers aren't that good for playing with him, but they're sort of, their names are inseparable. And I was, uh, it's, it's funny too. Cause I was, I was telling you, I'm like, I do have his name somewhere. I know what I know. And it's like way at the bottom in the honorable mentions. And then there was an arrow back up to number seven. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's funny. Um, so I have Doug Bentley. All right, do do tell. <laughs> well, uh, I have him higher than his brother Max, um, who I believe at one point was possibly briefly better. Um, Bentley was top five in heart voting three times. He also won the Art Ross had it existed. Now that wasn't an off year for the league, uh, but he led the league in goals twice. He led the league in assists twice. He led the league in points once. He was a first-team All-Star three times, which you can't say for many of these other left wings. But again, I think that's skewing my metric was considering first-team and second-team All-Star team finishes. It skews it to older players, right? Yeah. Because the most of these newer left wings, I mean, yeah, you get you get on a first-team maybe one one or two seasons if you're, uh, you know, but but then you sort of some other left wing comes along and has an okay year and. Um, yeah, I mean, he uh, he was one of the best, the better offensive players of his era. Um, I think you could quibble with the fact that some of his success came in the early 40s, which is fair, um, because that was one of the weakest times in NHL history. Uh, but he, you know, he also uh, he also led the league in assists twice after that in the late 40s when the league had gotten a lot stronger again after the war ended. Um, you know, again one of these guys where you look back and you go, well, he wasn't even, a, he was barely less than a point per game player, but he wasn't even a point per game player, but like nobody was basically back then. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going off of like things like leading the league and stuff and, and first team all-stars and uh, he did not win a cup. So, you know, that's shameful. Um and I have him at as the 43rd best forward, according to my little silly thing. Uh, so who do you have for number eight? Uh, number eight, I have Steve Shutt. Oh, I don't even have a shot in my top 20. No, <laughs> very different. Yeah. Um, I should see where, where he is on the overall. Oh, he's way, way. He's not even in the top 100, actually. Play, skaters, wow. Or forwards, I mean. Um, all right. Why is he the eighth best left winger? Um, really, uh, a really good peak of his career. He didn't, he didn't play terribly a long time, but when he was, uh, when he hit his peak there, he was, uh, pretty remarkably unstoppable, obviously playing on an absolutely dominant, uh, Cavs team, but he was yeah. a big part of that to provide secondary scoring, uh, behind LaFleur. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Now, obviously, when you think about those Habs, um, if, like if you listen to a lot of players talk about those great teams, sort of one of the one of the themes that comes back again and again is how damn good Steve Shutt was and just the fact that they had Lafleur, um, you know, Lafleur, Dryden, uh, the, the the big three defensemen. Um, the, the, he's kind of he kind of gets overshadowed. Yeah. Uh, but but that peak is quite remarkable. Um, He's got uh, so he's got 30 goals in 74-75. Um, then the next year he goes up to 45, then 60, then 49, then 37, then 47, then back down to 35, a 31 and a 35. So he's got about an eight-year stretch there, and particularly particularly the middle six years um, where he's 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 pumping in high 40s of goals every year and a and a one-year spike of 60. Um, yeah, scored 105 points that year. Um, obviously like, you know, he's playing on a dominant team and all that, but, uh, you know, he, uh, he finished with 424 goals and only 930, uh, career games. Um, so, uh, that's that, that, that peak for me, uh, especially when you consider, uh, the way that left wingers typically, typically score, uh, that, that's what did it for me. So I, I actually, I mean, not that I, uh, you know, like I said, I, I did a silly, like, not algorithm, but like rank ranking. Um, but if he had popped up really high in mine, I wonder what I would have done because I remember the episode where we did him and I, I was really surprised at like his numbers. Like it really is. There's just that brief peak. And then his overall numbers for his error were not amazing. And I think that's one reason why I wasn't like, there are some guys who didn't appear on my initial top 10 who I moved around and we'll get yeah. to one in a second. Um, and actually my, my, well, like I said, Robitaille, I made Robitaille my first honorable mention. I made someone else my second honorable mention. Um, and they were way lower, uh, by my, my silly little system. Uh, cause there were guys I actually watched play, but like I, when I didn't have shot, I didn't even, it didn't bother me because I, I remember being like looking at his, um, numbers when we did the class and thinking like, I'm not even hundred percent sure he's a hall of famer if he doesn't have those cups. Hmm. Um, and like, I get it. He did have those, that peak, but he also was like, you know, we, I, everyone knows he wasn't as good as LeFleur and Robinson. Um, but I mean, was he as good as LeMaire? Was he as good as, uh, you know, uh, well, the point was there for only part of his career. Right. Um, the point would have retired at some point. Um, but like, I don't know, there, there just feels like there was like always better players on that team. And if he was, if he had been found his way to a different team, I don't, I don't know if we'd look at his career the same way, but that's totally hypothetical. And I mean, I think it's maybe if Lafleur is not the one getting the puck all the time, then maybe he scores a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. We, we sort of the argument can go both ways, but sort of what did it for me was when you look at his peak, he's, uh, you know, so he's got, uh, it's like, he, like I already listed the goals and they're quite remarkable, yeah. but he's also got, uh, you know, 79 points in 80 games. Then he's got 105 and 80, 86 and 80, 77 and 72, 89 and 77, uh, 73 and 77. So he's, and then 55 and 57. So for about a six, seven year streak there, he's over a point a game player. Uh, and then if you look at his playoffs, career playoff stats, he's uh, played in 99 career playoff games. He's got 98 career playoff points. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah. it's to, to me, it's like he's he's equally as consistent in the playoffs. Um, and actually, I, I guess if you consider his career, he is not a point of game player because he had some uh, 
sort of down years at the beginning and then uh, towards the end as well. But, uh, you know, in the, in the playoffs, uh, you know, he's a point of game player, which was sort of what he was at his peak. So uh, qu- quite impressive. Yeah. So now here's where we get to my first really, really aggressive editorializing decision. <laughs> and that was basically that my my silly method. So I I I had a whole bunch of different things I considered, right? Like I considered whether they won awards, whether they and, and that includes uh making end of season alternate teams, uh whether they uh like where they rank in point shares and where they rank in in like leaderboards and where they rank in assisted points per game. And then I also look at their versus X numbers, but if they weren't on something, cause they didn't qualify, for example, uh, guys from the twenties and thirties didn't qualify for, well, especially the early twenties, you didn't qualify for the versus X numbers, for example, because, uh, I think they don't start taking consider that stuff into consideration until all the league, you know, the competing leagues disappeared. So 27, um, I would just give them a, a, you know, a pass. I wouldn't put in a number, and that meant that that upped their average for for not having anything in there rather than being at the bottom, and that yeah. benefited some old old timers. And so, my, according to this this stupid calculation I did before I editorialized, my number one left winger of all time, as I said on the last episode, was Sidenity. However, he was extremely dominant and so i didn't think i could kick him off the list entirely and i know it's way way back in time but i i have him at at eighth and i just you know i understand the game changed a ton and nobody um you know nobody uh has any idea how he played or anything like that and maybe even the positions weren't well defined back then but you know he he led the goal of the league in every offensive category at some point um, he also, uh, led the league in game winning goals, uh, a bunch of like three seasons or something crazy like that. Um, he won a bunch of cups. He led the playoffs in scoring multiple times, um, or goal scoring rather multiple times. He was one of the best players of his era and it's really tough to like, look back at that. But like, I feel like he's a left wing that gets utterly completely forgotten partly because he died in 1970, you know, 10 years before either of us were born. Um, and partly because like he retired before the thirties, you know, or at least I don't know retired, but he definitely was not in the NHL anymore because sometimes guys would play in the minor leagues for years afterwards. Um, I don't, did he, I can't tell. Um, but you know, he, you could argue it's between him and uh, Aurel uh, Joliet for who's the best left wing of the twenties. And I guess Joliet also into the thirties, but um, yeah, I just, uh, he has also, he scored 333 points in 306 games at a time when, uh, you know, that was pr- being a better point pre game player was pretty hard. Hmm. Um, so, I-, I had a feeling you were going to bring up like a super duper old timer. I just, I, I, I could sense it, I think. Yeah, well, at least I, I didn't put him first, because that, that seems like it would have been utterly, <laughs> utterly ridiculous uh, to do that. Is that is uh, that one of those ones where the versus X adjustment gives him, like, a thousand points in seven games or something? Uh, well, <laughs> certainly adjust uh, hockey reference uh, yeah. adjustment for era absolutely loves <laughs> 20s players. The versus X is a little... is 
more bumping up the 40, 30s and 40s guys. But uh, yeah, it can get really silly. But that was only like the adjusted points per game was only one factor. It was it was uh, things like you know uh, being a uh, doing well like uh, being on a top 10 leaderboard. Mm-hmm. He was on tons of them, right? Like he was just always. Uh, I think for um, basically yeah a decade he was uh, you know <laughs> he was top he was uh, top 10 in goals nine times top. 10 points eight times so uh you know that that helps him a lot and also the cups yeah. you know i i did include a little bit i think i'm pretty sure um oh yeah i included i think i did anyway um yeah so you know a, a weird choice a kind of deep cut i guess but uh <laughs> anyway i i i felt like i didn't want to completely bump him off the list and i thought about putting him 10th but i'm like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna put him slightly higher than 10th so um all right who do you have for number nine I have Paul Korea. Oh, so do I. Hey, there we go. We finally match. <laughs> <laughs> and but this was an editorializing thing because, according to my stupid metric, he was six. He was the 60th best uh, sk- uh, forward, which should have put him like I don't know, 15th or something or 14th. Not, but I, I was like, no, he has to be higher than that. He's got to be in the top 10. So. Um. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, point of game player played his entire career uh, except for the last what four years when he's like super old uh in the uh in the dead puck era yeah. um dealt with uh, massive concussions um yeah uh, courtesy of gary Souter and uh, uh scott stevens um he you know was came into the league in 95 96 right when the traps started to be all the rage and scored 50 goals and had 108 points i mean yeah. so right away like he, he had such an incredible start to his career yeah um then the next year scored 99 in only 69 games then 31 in only 22 because he was concussed yeah uh, that, that would have been the gary Souter, and if, then we didn't have him for the olympics so that really hurt canada's chance to win that yeah. uh bounced bounced back with a 101 point season um, and like I said, he played 989 games. He finished with 989 points in an era where it, being a point of game player was an absolutely incredible accomplishment. Yeah. Um, you know, so fast, great shot, um, you know, played the game really clean. Uh, just, you know, nothing to not like about the guy. I wish he'd, uh, wish he'd had a little more success. Um, He's also one of the best U.S. college players in history, too. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, he was he was incredible at University of Maine. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, he had a hundred points in thirty nine games. <laughs> 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 like in university hockey, that does not happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just uh, just a, a a remarkable career, and it. I think he could have been top five on this list if he hadn't had uh, to deal with the injuries that he did. Uh, or, or, or if he played in a different era that, you know, did that made his stats pop a little more. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I also like, I have to admit here that this is the one, one of, well, there was one other, I guess there was one other case where I almost did this, but like where I was just like, you know what, this is a guy I've seen and I'm confident that yeah. this is a good call. And I, so like I said before, I had it, the actual metric I used, put him way lower and I was just like, nope. I'm putting it over here, and I thought about doing it with two other guys, at least two other guys um, who are not who are in my honorable mentions list. Uh, but yeah, I think he was just like this is a guy who had he played in like the 80s. You know, he would have had his numbers would have been like, you know, much more closer to video game numbers. And um, 
you know, especially given his size, you know, and and he what he had to work through to score, and he still managed to be so dominant. And yeah, I I think uh, you know this is definitely some of this is coming from like he he peaked right at a time when I was uh, watching hockey about as uh, much as well right when I was first re-getting into hockey i guess um it was one of his peak years and uh i don't know i just uh yeah i've always been very fond of the guy and i th- i think i definitely <laughs> i let that bump him up yeah. but uh but i do sort of feel like had he been in different circumstances he would have had even better numbers and uh, I, I i would agree with that and i think just uh i i think we're sort of both on record as not wanting to punish players for things that are beyond their control mm-hmm. um you know he's he's got that uh He's, he's even though they didn't win the cup, he's got that great moment where Scott Stevens knocked him out and then he came back and scored like almost immediately. It was yeah. like one of the most incredible things you've ever seen. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's, he, he had a great career, uh, should have been even greater if he hadn't had to deal with concussions his whole career. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think just purely based on talent, the way he played the game, uh, the fact that he was able to be a point of game player, despite his concussion problems in the middle of the clutch and grab. And he's not that big of a guy either. So that's yeah. like, that, to me, that's like, you know, he's got a lot of things on his side that the, the numbers don't even sort of say how great he really was. Yeah. All right. Who do you have for your number 10? Okay. So this one was really hard. I flip-flopped all over the place. Um, that's sort of when I was going through these guys, that's when I discovered that sort of theme of like, they all seem to have a five or a six year peak. And then yeah. the rest of the time, they're just kind of solid. Um, so here's a whole bunch of the names that were in my honorable mention. Um, so I've got uh, Michel Goulet. I've got. Uh, oh Andy. God, I yeah. screwed that up. I don't have Goulet. Why don't I have Goulet? Sorry, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. Uh, well, he, he has like a five or six year peak where he's consistently over fifty goals, but it's yeah. also the early eighties. So, yeah. um, Andrew Chuck um, never put up you know dominant crazy numbers, but Mister Consistency always scored twenty you know twenty five thirty goals. Um, yeah. I had Gary Roberts on the list. I had Ryan Smith and then I went and looked at his stats and they really weren't good enough to put him there, but I, I yeah. everybody, everybody in Canada loves Ryan Smith. So I wanted to make sure yeah. I said his name. Uh, I took a look at Marcus Naslin. He had a, he had a peak of uh, amazing stats, but it didn't last as long as the five, six years of the other guys. Um, yeah. Uh, Ed Bill Barber, uh, which I, I really strongly considered him. I had Kovalchuk, um, strongly considered him as well. Uh, I had Rick Nash. Uh, but I, all these guys, they've got a five or six year peak where they're scoring, let's say, at least 40 goals. And then it kind of the rest is like 20, 30 goals, 20, 30 goals. Um, I put I put Clark Gillies on there just to piss you off. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, I considered Tonelli. Uh, I even took a look at Daniel Savine and then realized like you're just you're just I couldn't put him there because um, they were kind of uh, they were they were a, a two man show, not a one man show. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I my my strongest debate was between Kachuk and Leclerc. Okay. Um, and I ended up choosing Keith Kachuk as my number ten, uh, because I feel like he did a, he did some more of that heavy lifting on his own when he didn't have a guy like Lindros who was, uh, I think the best player in hockey for about a six year stretch, and that's when yeah. Leclerc was fifty goals every year because they were playing together. It's not to say Leclerc wasn't awesome, but like. I feel like if he wasn't playing with Lindros, he might have scored 40. He wouldn't yeah. have scored 50 every year the way that he did. Um, and so even though, I mean, I I like Leclerc more than I like Kachuk, but I think Kachuk was uh, 
sort of the better performer if you look at him as just his own player. He he did play with guys like Doug Waite, who's a great passer. He did play with uh, Jeremy Roenick briefly when they were in um, when they were in the desert together. So he played with other good players, but not on the level of a Lindros, and so that's what pushed pushed him over for me. All right. So since we're talking about, uh, I should also talk about my honorable mentions. Um, so I I had uh, a number of the guys you mentioned, and uh, I, I had I gone further, I would have uh, included even more. Um, but I had I had Marcus Lazlund actually as my number twelve. Oh. Um, and then I also had Kovalchuk down at 16. I had Brad Marchand, I'm sorry to say. Um, I also had LeClaire. I had Busek, as I mentioned before. And then I had a bunch of guys you didn't mention. And uh, Goulet and, and uh, Kachuk and Rick Martin actually were all just just outside of that. Um, mm. I should have put them in a big... Um, and I feel worst about Goulet for some reason. I feel like he, he should have got more consideration. Um... So my number 10 guy is uh, Busher Jackson, the probably the best left wing of the 1930s, or very close to it. All right. Um, led the league in points in 1932, a Toronto Maple Leafs, so I'm being a homer. <laughs> but lots of first-team All-Stars, um, some Stanley Cups. Um, I believe he, or one Stanley Cup, rather, I believe he led the playoffs in scoring one year. He did indeed. Um, so super old. In fact, so old that his pitcher makes it look like he's like from a like comic from the 30s or something, <laughs> rather than like a real real person. He's got like almost like one of those center parts. It's terrible. Um, yeah, just uh, again, I think the the more as I say this out loud, I think I really did uh, use some things that really weighted towards smaller the smaller league, um, as opposed to you you know the all time uh, totals. Um, but yeah, I was really, really like I was jumping around. I mean, I think in retrospect, I'd probably put Robitaille here instead. Um, and uh, anyway, I mean, like I was, I wasn't really sure who to. Once I got past like, let's say Mahovlich, <laughs> I was like, uh, um, I was really unsure about the order. Um, I had other, so I'll just mention. Um, this this silly method I used had uh, had uh, Roy Conacher above uh, so Charlie's brother who we've have talked about we did a yeah. one episode where he was included when he was inducted I had him um, in the top ten earlier and I had Aurel Juliet and I had uh, Sweeney Schreiner all of whom I bumped out because I was like eh. um, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I find this position is the is such a hard one. It's 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 the wild card of the group because there's like th- there's what maybe let's say four to five that are for sure gonna make your top ten, and then after that it's like it it gets like we we had a lot more disparity here than we did for defensemen. That's for sure. Oh my god! Do we ever? Do we ever? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's 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 neat that our like honorable mentions have a lot of the same names. Yeah. Um, you know, guys that we considered uh, maybe maybe putting up there, but uh, it's 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 a tricky one. The left the left wing. It's just that the that weird thing that I found where it's like you know, except for the top like three or four, they usually have like a like a brief period where they start to dominate. Maybe because a lot of them are power forwards, but they're like, okay, this is it. I finally reached like my the peak of my powers. 
but it, it doesn't seem to last, you know, like a right winger will score, you know, bunch, you know, like 50 goals and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll hit it, you know, six times, eight times in, uh, in like a 10, 12 year span. It, it doesn't seem that way for left wingers. They, they seem to just have that one powerful period and then they're, they just go back to the way they were of like 30 goals. And it's, do, do they lose their top center? Do they, do they get traded to a different team? Like what, whatever it does it, but it just seems like they, and, and historically they just don't put up the numbers that right wings do. Yep. They really, really don't. And, Except for uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is a good point. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just really sort of hard to evaluate, especially like, I mean, it is such a, a sort of historically weak position. Mm-hmm. They do have these short peaks and then like, I don't know. There's just like, there there's, it's really, it's really hard to know which and this is true of all positions, but it's hard to know which to value, you know, like, um, do you value like sort of the guys who were a consistent producer over a much longer period of time, or do you value the guys who very briefly, you know, were able to actually lead the league in something because like for left wings in particular, that barely happens throughout history. Like you said, except for Holland Vetchkin and, uh, and honestly, um, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons that I have all these old guys, you know, because yeah. they're guys who actually managed to lead the league, but like, that just doesn't happen anymore. You know, mm-hmm. aside from Ovechkin, when was the less, another left wing to lead the league in anything? Um, uh, sorry, in, in points, obviously goals, Kachuk did it. Um, anyway, yeah, it's, it's, uh. It's it's really um, it's hard to it's hard yeah. to figure out. And, it's the most uh, mysterious of all the positions. For sure. Far and away the most mysterious of all the positions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I, how many do we have in common? Six, I think. Something like um, that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we both had Hall and Ovechkin, uh, Shanahan. No, I didn't have Shanahan. Oh, you didn't have Shanahan either. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, so Hall Ovechkin, you said maybe Robitai. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna move Robitai up there. We both had Mahovlich. Yeah. Um, uh, we both had Korea. Korea. So yeah, we're yeah. we're we're not anywhere close to the consensus we had before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we both had Lindsay too. Yes, we both had Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. five or six, yeah, that we had yeah. in common. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's it it's I don't know. It it was it was tough. It was tough yeah. to trying to figure it out. And I like I really did like I was because I was stupid and did a whole list of like all forwards. It was like, really like, I was like, when am I going to get to some left wings when I was making the list? Right. Like, where are they aside from Bobby Hull and Ovechkin? Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I, I have a feeling our other lists will be a lot more, uh, a lot closer and maybe just the orders will different, uh, will differ, uh, yeah. sort of like we did for defensemen. Uh, yeah. this one was a bit of a, bit of a crapshoot. So. <laughs> Yes, yes, it absolutely was. All right, I think that's it for us uh, for this episode. Um, unless you have anything else to say, did you? I was there. Anybody else we wanted to mention? I, I, we both. I think we read off all our honorable mentions, right? Yeah, so yeah, we we did. We got through all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Sid Howe. I didn't mention Sid Howe. Ah, uh-huh, okay. Another old timer. Um, 
who uh yeah just again because of like <laughs> my uh my emphasis on uh on le- being in the top five or top ten and something yeah. um all right so uh that's it for this one and in the future we're gonna have a right wing episode and a center episode and eventually we're gonna attempt to do a goalie episode which will be just impossible but we're gonna try right we can try at least yeah we can try (laughs) all right um so that's it for us and uh we will see you next time